So today we're joined by a head softball coach, Jackie Joseph, uh, President Sam Stanley, and I'm Bill Beekman, uh, MSU Athletic Director. And Jackie, thanks for joining us today. Well, you're welcome. It's a privilege to be here. So you have uh, have the distinction of being uh, among our most senior coaches at MSU. So what's uh, what was women's softball like when you started here, and, uh, and how is it different today? Well, it's interesting because back before Title IX, you know, athletics for women at Michigan State were, were huge, highly successful because of our enrollment, et cetera, et cetera. And then Title IX came in, and then we kind of let it all slide for a while. But uh, so when I got here, you know, a lot of the programs were down. And then there we made this huge push uh, for gender equity, and and, uh, and so the program came up, and a lot of the women's teams, you know, really flourished. So right now, you know, I would say it's just really an absolutely awesome place to be um, because right now, we, you know, you're really afforded all the opportunities that you need to have to be successful. How does being in the in the Northeast, you know, uh, impact things? Um, you know, we're we're just a few weeks away from your season starting. There's snow on the ground. Tell me a little bit about how you deal with that. So. Well, it's problematic, no doubt. I mean, it's you know it has its challenges, but I would submit to you that every school has its challenges. Um, I think that um, our kids are probably a little tougher than most. I mean, I think that when you have everything and everything goes your way, super smooth, you you know you become less tough. So our kids are more resilient, I think. Um, we don't let that kind of thing be a, an excuse or a story. We just do do what we do and uh, and do the best we can do with whatever the chips may be. You're, you're the subject of one of my favorite trivia questions. When I go out and talk to, uh, you know, uh, uh, alumni groups and rotary clubs and uh, and then I always bring along a few hats or books or things to give out at the end to, to the person that, that answers the trivia question. And, and my favorite trivia question is, who's the all-time winningest coach in the history of MSU athletics? And, uh, and of course, that's you. And, uh, uh, and, it, and it's, it's always an entree into being able to talk not only about our non-revenue sports, but about women's sports as well. And... Uh, and so I think it's uh, yeah, a tribute to, uh, uh, to to your career and your longevity that uh, that you've uh, you you stuck with us for so long. So how did you um, how, how did you come to be a softball coach? Uh, talk about your 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 path. Uh, uh, pro- probably not many uh, many young girls growing up at six, seven, eight say I want to be a softball coach when I grow up. So how did your uh, how did your path get you to where you are today? Well, thank you for saying that. By the way, I'm I'm, I'm honored to be a, a trivia question at all. So that's <laughs> that's good. Um, but you're right. In those days, uh, coaching and and coaching women's sports was not a thing. Uh, you know, you, you really couldn't make a living doing it in, back in those days. So, but I was, you know, your tomboy is what we were called back in the 70s and the 80s. And uh, so I just was fortunate that I played on some state championship teams in Flint. I'm from Flint, Michigan. And um, and our high school was good. And then uh, some of my teammates had gone to Central Michigan. And in those days, I wanted to be a teacher. And you went to Central Michigan to be a teacher back then, you know. So I went up there and I played four years and then the head coach asked me to stay and be a graduate assistant and because it was prior to full-time assistant coaching positions, you got your graduate work done and I'd studied business and then I wanted to 
work on Wall Street because, you know, teachers weren't really very respected in the 80s. And, you know, there was the the whole uh, Wall Street, uh, you know, thing going on. And so I got my MBA. I got my went to graduate school, got my MBA, was an assistant coach for two years there. And just out of luck, um, you know, as it had it, a good friend of mine got the head job at Indiana University. And she called me and said, would you like to be an assistant in Indiana? So I made the really smart decision to turn down $60,000 a year to work in Wall Street for $12,000 to be the assistant coach in Indiana. My dad was okay with it. My mom thought I had lost my mind. But anyway, off to Indiana I went. I was there one year. Then I became the head coach at Bowling Green State University in Northeast Ohio. I was there five years and I really loved it, loved the Mid-American Conference. But when, you know, your home state, a Big Ten school comes calling, you know, you go. And it's just been one unbelievable ride here, really. It's it's not that I didn't have opportunities to leave or didn't want to leave. There were plenty of times where I was like, I'm done, right? But when you think about my core value, my mission was I truly believed in education as it said in in an athletic setting. I truly believe that this is the best leadership training for girls and women outside of the military is athletics. It's set in an educational setting. And when you really think about it, there are very, very, very few jobs better than Michigan State, very few, that have that. World-class academics, Power 5 athletics. Um, you know, we could count on one hand, maybe if they're sunny and 70 every day, but there aren't that many schools in the South that have our academics. You know, there's Florida, there's maybe Texas, there's, you know, a few schools. But when you, if you are so committed to both things, academics and athletics, I could make a case. There aren't that many jobs that are better than this one. And for those reasons, this is, this is, you know, this is home. I mean, I'm from Flint. My mom still lives in Flint. My family's all here. Um, It's been really, truly a blessing. And uh, I don't regret a second of it. You touched on something that we've talked about often over the years and that I think is really special about you as a coach and and our our coaching philosophy that, that many of our coaches here share at Michigan State, and that's uh, the importance of academics uh, as, a, as a part of what our student-athletes do and the, um, the importance of, of leadership and growth and uh, – um, and, and how, how young people develop here. And, and athletics is, is, a, is a tool to achieve that end, not, not the end unto itself. 100%. It is the tool. It is the best tool available to us. Is When you look at all of the skills and, and the growth opportunities through sport, um, it's unmatched, like I said, other than the military. So um, it's, they're the most important things. And I think they're even particularly important for girls and women because there aren't a lot of other places where you really get to hone these types of skills to practice the leadership, to practice the resiliency, to practice failure recovery, and all the things we know people need. And it's been proven out. Um, recruiters come from all over the world to recruit women athletes because they know they're just a little bit tougher uh, by and large if they can get through this. Um, they're going to have the skills uh, necessary. The academic piece, you know, we're committed to letting them study whatever they can study. We don't, we're not a school that says, okay, you can only study these three things, which a lot of schools have gone to. But honestly, it makes no sense 
It makes no sense whatsoever to focus on anything but academics in a sport like mine. Sure, there are Olympic opportunities, and sure, there are some pro opportunities, but there's so few, and they last for such a short amount of time. But this degree and an opportunity to study amongst the literally the world's best will last them a lifetime. And it doesn't even mean they have to use it, but they'll always have it. And uh, I'll go to my grave saying that, and that's really what I hang my hat on every day, is that these women leave here ready to go. These are not quitters. These are people that will lead corporations and lead their families and um, and lead everything they want to do. And uh, it's that is really the rewarding thing. It's not for me. Do I want to win every game I play? Of course I do. Do I want to win championships? Of course I do. But we can't ever lose sight of really, you know, 10 years from now, whether I win 35 games or 25 games or 55 games, it's not going to matter. But what's going to matter is these opportunities that they're afforded. It's such a powerful thing you've said. And I think in, in a world right now where the discussion around college athletics is solely centered around men's basketball, basically, and maybe a little bit football and one and done, to hear you talk about the value proposition for athletics, for college athletics, I think is, is fantastic. And love to take you to the halls of Congress or wherever else we need to go um, to talk about you know why college athletics is important. And I agree with everything you said about leadership. And I would say the time management capacity as well. Anybody who's playing particularly a D1 sport, um, that's an extraordinary time commitment. And to be able to get and you, you know, have, what is it, 17 academic All-Americans? I mean, yeah. that's ex- congratulations. That's outstanding for the program. But congratulations to those students. Um, to be able to excel in the classroom, again, with the kind of demands, that means you must become very, very good at managing your time. And that's such a great thing um, in the workforce. Uh, makes a huge difference. People who really know how to get things done and are efficient or effective makes a huge difference. So, yeah, well, uh, I appreciate you saying that very much. And uh, I'd love to go to Congress someday. I think when you spend a little more time with me, you'll know why they won't let me. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Uh, but, yes, we, as a society, we're constantly spending an over amount of time on on the one percent and losing sight of what we really are about here and um you know so it's it's always an opportunity for me to shout it from the top of every mountaintop that you know because because opportunities for women in sport are constantly under attack we 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 forget how important it is for the opportunity and the access to the education Everybody wants to talk about the scholarship as not being enough. You know, we need to pay them more and blah, blah, blah. And that's another conversation. But we can't forget that when we give a child a scholarship and they can go to college, we change their lives. And sometimes we change their children's lives. And that that is really what it why I've stayed in it all these years. How, how has the sport changed um, in in the in the years you've been here in terms of the quality of the players, in terms of how the game has changed, strategy, and so on? Because it seems to me, just as someone who's followed but is not an expert, that there have been changes in kind of how how coaches and players approach the sport. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable how good the players are from the neck down, specifically. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about kids are now playing sports, organized sports, getting better coaching at eight. 10, 12 years old. So they are physically better. They're, the game is faster, bigger, stronger. Um, the role of television, I mean, it's like one of the highest rated sports that, you know, that that's on television. We pretty much own the entire month of May on, on TV. People love it. And we were very strategic about changing the game along the way to make it more fan 
uh, appeal to the fan. We, you may not know, we moved the mound back to create more offense. The ball is now optic yellow with red stitches to create more off- offense. It used to be a white ball. Um, so the bats are, the technology in the bat is the same as the technology change in the golf club and the tennis racket. Um, there, there's a bigger margin of error, if you will, and which has all created more offense, which is what people wanted to have which has made the sport more popular. So it's changed tremendously. Um, on the downside with the change of the talent neck down, I think they're softer than ever from the neck up. I think we have to continually work harder on the mental health piece. Um, they're just softer people. Uh, they're, they don't come to us with the same toughness, let's say, that, that they used to come with because they've had to go through less to get here. Um, so there's, there's the pros and cons, but no doubt. I mean, I was a very good softball player. I'm telling you right now, hit third, started and played for four years. I don't think I could make a college team today. That's how much better talented the the players are today than they were just even in the nineties. Why is the ball yellow? Well, optically, right? So when you talk to the ophthalmologists and the optometrists will tell you that a yellow ball is easier to see. And so we put red stitches on it so you could pick it up because there was nothing harder in the world to do than to hit a fast pitch softball. You know, people talk about the baseball, the baseball. It's true. It's That's the hardest thing from the men's side to do is hit a baseball. But the hardest thing in all of sport is to track a fast pitch softball and hit it at that distance. The reaction time is much less. So we changed it to optic yellow to make it a little easier to create more offense. Because back when I played, the scores were 1-0. And the game was considered boring. It was 1-0. You had 15 strikeouts. The mound was at 40 feet. You know, So we had to do something to attract the general audience and we did the offenses you know now average scores in fast pitch softball now are four and five and six and seven runs a game so it it did what it did what it was intended to do make it easier to see and then hit so why they change tennis balls from white to yellow and why people wear yellow vests and so on because the eyes pick it up better than white uh, in low light situations or in any situations better we, we can yes see it better and yeah, I'm still amazed anybody can hit the softball in, in fast pitch. No matter, no matter, what, even with the yellow ball. And I've seen, of course, big league players get up and watch them strike out in three pitches. So yeah, it, it's incredible. Yeah, there, so it's there. Get. It's a talent. I'll tell you, to be able yeah. to pitch it is is crazy talent. What, what do the women have ahead of them this year? Uh, where are you traveling? And and how does your? You know, we talked a little bit about uh, softball in a northern climate. How does that line up? Uh, uh, such that uh, you know, when do you start here in East Lansing, and, uh, and 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 how does your travel schedule work? Well, you know, for all the great things about the game and how smart we all are, this is the dumbest thing about our game: the fact that we still open in February. Somebody somewhere thinks February is spring, and uh, I can tell you February is not spring anywhere. But you know, in the infinite wisdom of the NCAA, our season opens February sixth or seventh or whatever it is, which is ridiculous. But you know, nobody willingly gives away power, and the South has all the power when it comes to the spring sports, and they're not giving it up. So in a few short weeks, we're on a plane, and we open in Miami because I'm not that dumb, really. I mean, if you got to go somewhere, why not go to Miami in February? So we'll open there at a, at a little school called Florida International University. FIU is a little small school in Miami. Um, so we open there. And then weekend two, we're at the Big Ten ACC Challenge, which is very exciting because Clemson has added softball. And this will be their first year of 
competitive fast pitch at Clemson as a sport, and we get to play at Clemson uh, with them and Pitt from the ACC. That's a very challenging weekend. And then weekend three, we go back to Flor- uh, Fort Myers. We play at Florida Gulf Coast. I like to play in Florida because it's the same time zone and I'd miss less class. So I can get on a plane here. There's lots of flights to Florida this time of year. And, you know, your wheel's up in two and a half hours. You can get down there, get a workout in, play five games on a weekend and come back. So it's a grind. And then from there we go to spring break and and then it just rolls. And you roll into Big Ten play. We're scheduled to open here the third week in March. And and then it's just, you know, April's a blur. I mean, you play Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it's 56 games in three and a half months, which is really a grind. It's a, it's a lot of compression um, on the season because of the, the weather. It's what they do. It's just sort of like uh, President Stanley said, they become really good at capturing time in any environment. So it's nothing to see our kids with the laptops out and studying in the airport hangar. They'll do that. You know, it's the first thing we do. We get through security. We go settle in at the gate, and everybody's got their books and laptops open. Um, and they they know how to study on the bus. And um, so it's just it's what we do, and we're excited about it because at least we get to get out of here in February. So it's not all it's not all, it's all a bad thing. But if I was the czar of softball overnight, we'd have a March one start date. But that's another story. Still a little early. But, uh... Still a little early, but it'd be better than February. President Sam Stanley and I are joined today by uh, Jackie Joseph, head women's softball coach at Michigan State University. And uh, Jackie, thanks so much for for joining us today for sharing insights on. Uh, uh, on your team, your program, uh, some philosophy about uh, how how uh, athletics is important uh, to society, to young people, particularly to women. And uh, uh, thank you very much for being here. Well, it's it's my honor, and I uh, appreciate the opportunity. <laughs>